This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You don't just live in your home, you live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, transportation, local amenities, cultural attractions, unique qualities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey guys, I'm Kaylee Short, and this is Too Much to Say. Kind of continuing on last week's theme of high school, um, I still can't believe I uploaded that episode. That was very, very cringy, but thank you for making me feel a little less alone and how ridiculous I was as a teenager. But this episode, I'm very proud of the name, High School Trauma Club, get it. But I'm going to be talking about the things that happened to you when you're a teenager that you kind of carry with you into adulthood and, and they become those voices in the back of your head that are the ones you need to silence that are making you insecure and kind of talk about how it affects you. We're going to talk about dress codes and and the whole modest is hottest thing. We're going to talk about your first breakups. We're going to talk about all of that. And I'm really excited because my guest this week is my best friend from middle school on Ariana Smith. And who better to have on to talk about that than someone who was there. So let's meet Ari. So Ariana Smith has been by my side through so many things from my first breakup to my first run in with the cops, which is probably a story for another time, but it wasn't, it wasn't as badass as it sounds. Um, but we've been friends for a really, really long time and we have, we never went to school together, but we went to church camp together and, um, she's just been there through everything. And now she lives in Nashville. She's killing it and working a very fun job at Postmates, but she's not a driver, which I feel like I always need to say like <laughs> corporate. They're like, they're like, Oh, that's really cool. I'm like, no, she works for Postmates corporate. I have a very cool corporate job. Not like there's anything wrong with driving for Postmates. I did that before. I've never done it. I kind of want to just to just see. To like see. <laughs> I 
was driving for Postmates like honestly not that long ago, like probably a year ago. And I brought pizza to somebody's house and they're like, oh my God, are you Kaylee Shore? And I was no. like, maybe I'm going to not drive for Postmates anymore. <laughs> oh, hey, I mean, you I know what? Like, oh, getting yeah. recognized. I'm just seeing how the other half lives. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying like, to humble myself. Yeah. <laughs> Me, $10,000 in debt? Absolutely not. <laughs> But anyway, so she's been there through all of these embarrassing moments that you've heard me talk about on the podcast. But right now what we're going to talk about is some of the things that girls have to go through in high school, you know, talking about this stuff that affects you because it happens when you're growing up, but it doesn't leave your brain. And I know this is something I've struggled with. Um, I don't know how else to say this. We both have really big boobs. Ariana wins for sure. But like, (laughs) I'm an F. I have to special order my bras and they look like bulletproof vests. They're just not cute. (laughs) And I think I just must be missized because I... No way. No way. (laughs) We'll take you to Aerie. Also, I love Aerie so much. Like, taking my little sister shopping for bras and stuff like I feel so comfortable bringing her there because it's all real girls and it's like what real bodies look like and I just can't imagine bringing her to some of the other bra stores oh yeah I found Aerie in high school yeah but I had to go to like an out-of-state mall to go there the the Boston Galleria uh Cambridge Gallery Burlington oh that one too yeah and I was just like this is my hidden secret this is awesome because it wasn't Victoria's Secret. I mean, where else would you get bras other than like Victoria's Secret and Kohl's? Or Target. But like being able to go in and be measured and have it be like a positive space. And like they have those like post-it notes on the mirrors in there where you write a nice note for the next girl to go in. And it's just oh, like, I love it's that. so wholesome. I've cried way too many times in a Kohl's dressing room I was to talking, go back. I was talking to somebody about this because like I was wearing the wrong size bras for a really long time. And I finally got one at Aerie that was the right size. And I put it on and I was like, oh my God, this is my first time going bra shopping that I've never, that I've ever not cried. Yeah. I've always had denial probably because, you know, of everything yeah. that everyone's ever said to me about my boobs, but I've always been like, I'm going to try and fit these into the smallest bra Oh, totally. Ever. And then I always just ended up looking like I had four boobs because <laughs> I was feeling like out. uniboob. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so a lot of that, like... Girls aren't born being ashamed of their bodies. No. Like, no one is born being ashamed of their body. It's something that's taught. And like you guys have heard me talk about on the podcast, I grew up very, very Christian. And Ariana came to church camp. She's a little bit less involved with the church than I was. But it was a tough environment to grow up in, especially, like, hitting puberty earlier. Mm. And you hit puberty really early. I hit it, like, 10, yeah. 9. Yeah. I had and a Winnie like, the Pooh Winnie the Pooh training bra. <laughs> I had one from the Mary Kate and Ashley Walmart brand. Oh, awesome. Was, I mean, it didn't have like their faces on it. <laughs> it was pink. My older sister bought it for me and I was like, I'm the shit. <laughs> but you were though. Oh God. I love Mary Kate and Ashley. But I like just remember as a, not thinking anything of it. Like I was like, Oh wow, I'm getting boobs. The American girl doll book told me this was going to happen. I love that book so much. That book, the care and keeping of you. I feel like every millennial girl, it's a shared universal experience. It was in my elementary school library. And I don't think any other girl was able to learn about their bodies because I always had it. (laughs) Well, I remember like obsessively reading it because I, my parents never had the talk with me. I don't think mine did 
either. I think it was like mostly the book and I just kind of like gauged what the rest of life was going to be like. I also went to um, a school that was abstinence only education, which um, resulted in several teen pregnancies at the school Um, because you can't tell people not to fuck. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can't tell them about it and then be like, but you can't do this. Oh, totally. And like, I remember the church like leading this charge against Gardasil, the HPV vaccine that can protect you from getting cervical cancer because, so I wasn't allowed to get it because I was told it would make me have sex. And I was 12. I didn't even know what it was. I was like, well, don't you want me to not get cancer? And I didn't understand. And um, the good news is you can now get it till you're 40. So I got it last week. Oh, and I told my doctor, cause he was like, why didn't you get that? Like everybody does. And I was like, well, how much time do you have? <laughs> oh, that's insane. Yeah. And it was just stuff like that, but especially like dress code things. Like I remember like having to have the, at the, the school, have the, male teachers, male principal be tell me when I was 10 or 11, 11 probably to get down on my knees in front of them to make sure that my skirt touched the ground. Oh my gosh. That's really fucking weird. Yeah. And like, and I'm not saying that, that those men were pedophiles, but like you need to understand that that's a really inappropriate thing to do to a young girl. And like, I, at that point, like I, I mean, I looked like a 10 year old, like, and, and they're saying like, if your bra straps showing, or if your skirt is too short or any of these things, then you're going to make men stumble. I'm like, it is not my fault that a man would be attracted to a 10 year old girl. No, if, um, if a little boy is distracted by a little girl's shoulder, maybe the little boy should be talked to. Yeah. And I just don't feel like that's the thing, but they're like, just talking about how it's your responsibility as a woman to not make men stumble and whatnot. Mm. And I went down a rabbit hole preparing for this episode, uh, reading about there was, there were these books and I'm not going to name them cause I'm not trying to like just attack anybody, but, um, there are these books that I read when I was growing up that, you know, we would do Bible studies and we'd talk about them and have, you know, question and answer sessions. And, and, you know, I'd read them with a group of girls. We'd do like a book club, whatever. Kind of a weird thing to spend your childhood doing, but that's, that's time for another time. So I, I read this, this article on a Christian blog from 2011. And I think that this was one that I actually did end up like I had read at that time. And they reference this verse from first Timothy two, nine and 10. And this is the verse that they're basing this entire teaching off of. I also want women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good works appropriate for women who profess to worship God. That doesn't say anything about showing your shoulders. Like, yeah, it's actually, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that verse. I think that's absolutely telling you to be like, Hey, you should be a little bit more concerned with how beautiful you are on the inside than on the outside. Mm. Like it's, it's just like Val- you know, valuing yourself as more than just your body. Yeah. Well, I don't, it doesn't even really reference your body. It's like, Oh, true. don't wear expensive jewelry. Don't like flaunt your shit. And, and I think that that's totally fine to say, like, that's distracting if you're in church and you're like wearing like a pound of diamonds. Like yeah, they're like, don't be gaudy. Yeah. That's what you're Don't be tacky. <laughs> yeah. That's all Timothy was saying. I guess that's a bad word to say. Don't be gaudy. <laughs> <laughs> be godly, not gaudy. Yeah. <laughs> They always had these snappy catchphrases like modest is hottest. And I was like, 
Okay. It's so funny because, I mean, you grew up in that, but I kind of just experienced um, real Christian, you know. Culture? Yeah, culture for like a week every summer because I went to camp to, you know, hang out with you guys. But I did enjoy it. But, um, yeah, I I mostly got it from just people being like, yeah, you're going to distract the boys. I had, you know, my boobs in elementary school and they'd be like, your cleavage is showing. I didn't know how to control them. They're fat hanging off my body. I mean, I literally like I can wear something that would be modest, quote unquote, and it looks pornographic on me because it's just Mm. how my body's shaped. You know, like you could wear a normal V-neck and your boobs are going to be like, hello, because it's, you know, it was insane. It's it's crazy. And then to be like putting all this pressure on young girls and just reminding them because I was so acutely aware of my own body Mm. and so embarrassed of it to begin with and always like, and I mean, how uncomfortable is it when you're young? Like I was probably like, I remember a specific instance when I was probably like 14 or 15 and I was at the grocery store and this like older guy was checking me out and I I felt so gross Mm. and you know, like you were young and, and it doesn't stop these freaking weirdos from doing that and so I it wasn't like I wanted everyone to see my boobs at all I remember getting cat called walking home in fifth grade by like a man driving a car I was just like that is disgusting horrifying I remember like yelling out my age I I don't really know I think it was fifth grade yeah yeah and I was just like that's disgusting that's crazy guys checking me out in the car at the drive at the uh, car wash and I was just like, oh, God, I'm 14 years old. Yeah. Pervert. Yeah. And, and I just don't see how that's my problem. No, no. And so you're teaching girls. But you still, you see a guy looking at you and you still like pull up your shirt. Yeah. And all that stuff. It's. I mean, there's a, there's a purpose for school dress coats. Mm. Like no one needs to see your ass crack. No. At all. Like those low rise jeans. Yeah. And like <laughs> you, you should like, I don't know if you're an underage girl person no one needs to see your nipples you know what I mean like that's weird like Mm. don't don't have that shit out but like it's also like you know they'll be like hey don't wear gang signs okay fair yeah (laughs) makes sense hey don't wear the confederate flag on a t-shirt cool makes sense oh my gosh but like I do remember in middle school um one of the guys brought uh and his grandfather's like nazi jacket oh yeah those are hella legal you can't do that yeah no it was middle school and he brought it to class I remember it was in social studies and I'm like I get you know you know told off when I have fucking shorts on yeah but this kid I'm like this is fifth period wow and he's bringing it around all day yeah it's just like I'm confused by you know the priorities the priorities totally and it's just like I understand why it exists for reasons like that, but you're just put, you're making it so restrictive. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and the things that I've, you know, read online on blogs or news stories, like talking about like, uh, a child, like being, you know, reprimanded for what they're wearing. And it's like something totally fine. One thing I got was that I needed to wear a more supportive bra because my boobs were jiggling during gym class. Oh. So I wore two sports bras. Me too. Mm-hmm. I don't think we ever talked about that. I so didn't did want I. to. And honestly, oh, at this no, point, like my boobs are not as big as they are now. So it was just like really fucking weird to like just micromanage a girl's body like that. Yeah. I mean, that was like during the softies mm-hmm. phase too. Yeah. And those always kind of made me uncomfortable as well. Mm-hmm. So I would have like 
two sports bras on like boys gym shorts and I'd just be like this yeah. is fine I'm good now yeah. nobody will see my body no one will know it's so true and I feel like so I'm gonna read some comments from this article that I was reading and this is crazy because these are all strangers on you know in an internet forum so keep that in mind but these are all things that I have heard from someone growing up okay We've raised our boys to be attracted to girls with the same philosophy. As of right now, with two teenage boys, they do not understand why girls feel the need to flaunt themselves the way they do. Not to mention, they have a cousin who does wear Daisy Duke shorts, skin-tight, low-cut tops, and throws herself at boys. At the age of 17, she was pregnant. Her precious son is a burden on her because she cannot party and hang out, does not understand why boys want to use her, and has stated all she wants out of life is for a man to hold her and to love her other than her son. And I'm like, you're literally telling a 17 year old girl who, if she grew up and didn't have abstinence, mm-hmm. like had abstinence only education, she's not going to know not to like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's just insane. And like the, the attitude towards that girl, like literally saying that it's her fault. I mean, God, don't even get me in. Like, don't even let me get into it. It's just crazy. And then like another one is. What bothers me is that women, even Christian women, think it's perfectly acceptable to show my husband and teenage son their breasts. Newsflash, if I can see your cleavage, I can see your breasts. I get angry thinking about it. My husband and teenage sons are battling sexual temptation every day. I'm very frustrated at the women and teen girls in our conservative homeschool group who think it's acceptable to show their thighs and a miniskirt in their chest. I'm sorry, like, that's your husband. I have never seen my boyfriend check out another girl. Yeah, talk to your son and your husband, but talk to your son. I think also like the sexual repression can't help, (laughs) you know, No, like that, that probably makes it worse. But like, I swear to God, I've never once seen my boyfriend check. So what is her, her husband's doing something wrong there? Yeah. And I I would think in what I've seen and, you know, read with people who are abstinent and all that kind of stuff. They're always talking about sex. They're always talking about bodies. They're being hyper vigilant of like a woman's cleavage or something like well, that. Well, they're thinking about it and talking about it all judge. the time. Yeah. When you should just be able to be. Yeah. Like that feels like more of a sex obsession than just like being sexually active. Yeah. If you just kind of say, oh, that's normal. She dresses the way she wants to be dressed. It's her body. She has a right to do that. Then it kind of erases some stigma there Mm. and you can stop obsessing over it and taking everything personally like that. Yeah. I, it's just so weird. And you sent me a video on TikTok, but it was the the point of the video was like, okay, lust is a cardinal sin, but showing your cleavage is not, but why is it women's responsibility to make sure these men don't sin when it's on them? And there's that um, verse in the Bible that says lust is like, to look at a woman and, and think about sleeping with her, you've already cheated on your wife. Yeah. So, I mean, and obviously like, we're talking about this in relation to Christianity just because that's my personal experience. Like that's where this attitude came from. But I know plenty of people who've had the same thing happen in the body shaming and the, um, you know, the pressure put on them who aren't part of the church. I'm just referring to this because it's, it's my experience. And I've mm-hmm. met plenty of Christians who aren't crazy like this either. (laughs) um, So another part of high school trauma club is your first experiences with boys. And they're not always boyfriends. It's just being around boys in school and, and the, you know, 
just putting a bunch of kids in a giant, like, you know, you're basically just putting a bunch of kids in a pot, stirring it around and seeing what happens. Oh, definitely. (laughs) It is a social experiment. High school is. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Um, I remember when I was in high school, actually in middle school too. I just, and I, it occurred to me maybe a few months ago, whenever I was walking down the hallway, I was always like brushed up against. And I just remember like, sometimes like, I just feel like, you know, a touch on, you know, my body somewhere, yeah. mostly my breast, And I'm just like, gosh, I need to work on my space management. With these <laughs> oh my things. God. I really thought it was just me because when you are just kind of like, when they're guy acquaintances, you don't really... I'm more cautious of a guy who's interested in me and aware of like what they're doing or touching me than just some like random kid I've never like talked to. I felt like a big thing was like, there would be those guys who'd be like, Oh, give me a hug. And like, I, Oh, I fell for that. I'm so gullible. I, yeah. And they'd be like, don't you want to give me a hug? And it would be like this friend thing. And I just was like, no, I don't. But then you're like a bitch if you say no, but like, I don't, I don't want to touch anybody. I don't want to touch, you know? See, I remember specifically this one thing because I was just like, Ariana, you are so fucking gullible. Mm. It was like, bet you can't hurt, it can't uh, hug me as hard as so and so. So weird. God. Oh, and you for, dated him. For smart people, we are really fucking stupid. We are. I. I was probably like 
14, 14 yeah. maybe. And I was just like, uh, bet. <laughs> Speaking of competition. God, yeah. so manipulative. It was, it was. And One of my scariest experiences with that, I think like looking back, like at the time you just sort of brush it off. But now that I think about it, I'm like, that was really fucked mm. is I was in, um, home at class and we were watching a movie. I think it was nightmare at the museum. And it was like one of the last days of school. And I was sitting next to this guy that I'd been friends with. And I thought we were like buddies. Like I just, like, I had, a, I don't know. I was never like, I'm not like the kind of girl who hangs out with guys because they're less drama. But in middle school, I had a lot of guy friends because I was like in a band and, you know, <laughs> wanted to talk about rock music all the time. And he was sitting next to me and we're watching this movie together and I felt his hand on my knee and I was like, Oh, what? Okay. And I thought it was like an accident or he was trying to get my attention. I looked over and he just like smiled at me. And then he literally like, I'm just standing there and no one can see what's going on. And he like was like dragging his hand up my leg and started like rubbing like my thigh. And I did not know what to do. And I was just like, cause you're, you're just not aggressive at that age yeah, and, and, and you don't know how to defend yourself. That totally just brought up a memory in my head. That is so traumatizing. I ended up just being like, Hey, can you please not do that? And then he got really mad at me and oh. thought that like, I, he was like, he's like, you're so mean to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah no. Fragile male ego. What happened sometimes. to you? Um, I was at Hershey park with my family and, um, we went to uh, like this chocolate world thing and there was like a 3d show and I was sitting next to a guy, like an older guy. And I think he was like with his wife or something. Oh my God. And How old were you? I was, um, 16. Jesus Christ. And I, I already was, don't like where this is going. Yeah. It was summer. I was wearing shorts. He put his hand on my thigh and I had no idea what to do. Where did he get the fucking gall to do that? The thing was, I crossed my legs and tried to get away from him, and he creeped up. Yeah. That's horrifying. Some random young girl at Hershey Park. And I think that he had to know that that you would be too afraid to to yell. Like, And, you know, you talk about fight or flight when it comes to adrenaline reactions like that, but there's also freeze Mm -hmm. and... You know, when a lot of, you hear a lot like, oh, well, why don't you just say no? Or why don't you just tell them to fuck off? And it's like, in that moment, you're just like, there's no way this is happening. Yeah. There's no way that somebody would actually do that. This is so unbelievable. Yeah. And it was also like, I'm sitting next to this guy. My mom's on the other side of me. She had no idea what was going on. I'm like, we're in a crowded theater. What am I going to do? Yell and make a scene? Yeah. And, oh, it was just awful. I told them immediately when we got out. But it was just so weird. Like, no one knew what to do. God, his poor wife. Oh, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. That shit sticks with you. And, you know, I high school is so hard because you just have all these kids going through puberty. And, you know, like, legitimately sometimes, you know, when a boy says something to you, they don't really know any better mm. and I, I I hope no one misconstrues what I'm saying there because I'm just saying like you know there's just like you're making out with a boy and he's trying to touch your boob and you're like you have to be like homie stop <laughs> you know <laughs> there's that and then there's a grown-ass man touching your leg or like I don't know a guy getting mad because you said you couldn't he couldn't touch you ma- massage your thigh during home ec yeah I mean oh god 
Uh, Nightmare at the Museum. Is that what it's called? I, I was. Nightmare I didn't want to say anything with you, but I'm pretty sure it's Night in the Museum. Night at the Museum. Night at the Museum. Well, okay. Well, because I was like Nightmare me, at the Museum. I was like, you know what? Me, I thought it was a fun movie. For me, it was Nightmare at the Museum. Okay. So. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, God. I actually really enjoy those movies. I'm so sad that there's trauma. Social media was so hard, too, because we were, like, the first generation to deal with that. Oh, definitely. Like, and and just the, like, being able to hide behind a screen. Like, there was this thing called Formspring, and it was a lot like the Tumblr question box where you could, like, type in a thing, but it was anonymous. And, like... That's terrifying for teenagers to have. And I don't know if there's an equivalent now. At that time, too, we also were just like, we can say anything on the internet. And oh, then, yeah. And then they're like, no, we're going to make it super anonymous. That's just yeah, like. Totally. And like, I remember um, there was also those like, like for a truth is things that would happen. Oh, yeah. And I remember my ex-boyfriend, this was sophomore year, my like ninth grade ex-boyfriend or something posted one that was like, like for my favorite and least favorite thing about you. And I liked it. 150 people like that. Cause everybody oh, yeah. wanted to know, mm-hmm. you know, you, you care so much what people think about you. You're like, please tell me. It's like, once you like have an opportunity to get like a little bit of truth. Yeah. Or, even or just, just attention. Hear, <laughs> like Honestly, sometimes just like hearing what people don't like about me. That's something I really want to know. I, yeah, I'm the same way. And so that was like, I was like, I care about his opinion of me. So what he ended up posting, and it was public. It was on my Facebook wall. Oh. He posted on it. Yeah. So it would be like, you would like that, and then they write it on your wall. Oh, and he said something like, his favorite thing about me was my taste in music, and his least favorite thing about me was my chompers and my Down syndrome eyes. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Isn't that insane? That didn't seem like something he pulled out of a hat. Yeah, my God. <laughs> how long were you sitting on that? And like, I am fully aware at how disrespectful and politically un- incorrect that is. Yeah. But I'm just quoting somebody. Mm. It's oh, just geez. so fucked. And like, how, the, were you okay after that? I mean, that probably wasn't the meanest thing he said to me. Oh, um, <laughs> but I remember like being so embarrassed of my, my teeth and like, I, grew up really poor and we couldn't afford braces and they've kind of adjusted as I've gotten older. Mm. Actually, I had, they say that your teeth change every like six months. They shift. I had and someone something in the industry be like, me. like, cause I, I also do like acting and stuff. And they were like, never get your teeth fixed. It gives you character. And oh, I was like, yeah. um, I know that's a compliment. So I'm just going to choose to, to see it <laughs> like that. But I was so insecure about my teeth for so long. And like, um, I remember another girl said that they looked like popcorn kernels. How? Because they, like, I guess they were like, they weren't, they were yellow or something. I don't oh, know. Like, geez. it was so awful. That and like, they terrible. would say this in front of people. And like, and I. And in those settings, you kind of just have to sit there and laugh. Oh, yeah. I mean, God, how many times have you been roasted and you just have to like pretend you're in on the joke? And like, I also like don't want to play the victim with this stuff because I know I've probably said mean things to people that I would love to take back mm-hmm. as an adult. And I don't hold it against anybody because like you don't get, I mean, I was 11 years away from a prefrontal cortex. Oh yeah. Like I had a long ways to go before my decision-making was even kind of up to par with, you know. Was this in middle school or high school? High school. Okay. Cause I was thinking, um, last year I went to my cousin's like Christmas, uh, concert 
and she's in middle school and it is so weird. Oh, cause they're also pretty now. No, no. Oh. The girls, like girls develop so much faster. Mm-hmm. And then you have like all these little boys. That's what I love about that TV show, <laughs> Pen15, because oh, yeah. it's actually two adult women, but then it, that's actually what it felt like, was that you'd have, like, these adults that were all the girls, and then the boys, like, literally looked like, yeah. I mean, and it's babies. so funny, because I just think back of, like, I looked older mm-hmm. than I was in middle school, and, like, all these boys looked like, you know, their age, and I was just, like, and to imagine them bullying me, and me <laughs> being like, how could you? I'm fragile <laughs> you definitely you definitely did look older than your age oh I did I looked like uh like I I was five four and had you know d-cup boobs and How I was just pretending in middle school okay this was yeah. middle school okay cool. yeah and I well I mean it happened in elementary school too yeah I think I haven't grown since fifth grade wow yeah I know <laughs> so weird. I, I mean, thought I was it gonna, all out of the way yeah I thought I was gonna be a basketball star but I looked like an undercover cop like I looked like a 30 year old woman like I look like a cop that hey kids you gotta do that hashish <laughs> <laughs> I, I look like I did something I was supposed to be like 21 jump street but like fucked up somewhere and you gotta like, do you're going to grass. elementary school <laughs> got any devil's grass who's want to smoke a doobie yeah. <laughs> oh god it was so bad <laughs> oh my god yeah and just like anything that makes you stand out is like kids oh. will find one thing and like truthfully like the meanest thing someone could say about me was my teeth I also got because I had like really red hair and oh, so yeah. I got made fun of for that like there are these girls freshman year who call me period head and then yeah. everyone started calling me period head. And I remember. And they have brown hair. They're shithead. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, like you want to play that game. What an opportunity missed. Right? <laughs> well, I tried, but, you know, like I was just like, you, you guys are shitheads. And everyone was too busy being like, oh, whatever, period. Because <laughs> I remember when I met you in seventh grade, that was kind of when South Park started doing like the ginger thing. Oh, yeah. The gingers have no soul shit. That, that was a. Oh. oh, my gosh. And I remember saying something like that to you sorry about that I mean I got used to it yeah and I mean yeah me too um and you told me that you thought it was a compliment my mom (laughs) my mom told me that (laughs) someone called me ginger it was because it was like cute because of ginger on Gilligan's Island (laughs) and oh mom you tried and I tried so hard I just had to be like sweet child no (laughs) I had to break that and I was like oh that's like a mean thing oh okay well mm, mm, I shouldn't have said anything but I also didn't want you to go through life being like thank you (laughs) I feel like the high school trauma that's always addressed in movies and books and everything is like their parents got divorced. And I'm like that, the fact that my parents weren't together was literally the least of my concerns when it comes to high school trauma. Like I was like, yeah, for sure. Whatever. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They don't like each other. Why would they be married? (laughs) (laughs) No, I did have trauma because my freshman year of high school, my mom and my dad went on a date. Oh my God. And my parent trap. My mom told me, no, and all I could do was just smile. So like, I was so uncomfortable. I couldn't do anything but smile. And she's like, you're so happy. And you're like, no. And I'm like, I'm uncomfortable. I didn't even know that they knew each other for like a few years. (laughs) You're like, oh my God, 
god how'd y'all meet i know <laughs> just like i just get okay. dropped off at his house that's so funny <laughs> okay i feel like my parents are gonna hate me for saying this but like what are they gonna do disown me no <laughs> um so like pretty recently we went through some pretty intense family stuff and my mom and dad were together for the first time this was like a couple years back and <laughs> i we were all up in um in bangor where my dad lives bangor maine banger maine banger yeah banger maine that's yeah. when i know that uh, that's why i write bangers because i'm from banger get it no oh okay, that's why okay cool yeah um <laughs> <laughs> okay just pretend that didn't happen uh, we'll, we'll leave it in just so you guys have a reason to laugh. Cause this has been kind of a heavy episode, but anyways, so my parents, they're like together for the first time and, you know, going through some really tough shit together and everybody was brought a little closer. Mm-hmm. And my best friend, Candy Carpenter was up there with me as well. And she was bringing my mom back to her hotel and I was with my dad at the house and in the car, my mom tells Candy, she's like, you know, He's almost like the man I fell in love with. I just forgot about how caring he can be when he wants to. And my dad was talking to me and he's like, you know, I just feel like no one's ever really understood me the way your mom does. And then Candy and I reconvene at the end of this. And I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, I'm dealing with too much. I don't have time for a parent trap right now. I don't have time for it. Truly. I do not know why that movie was such a hit. I would never. I like, oh yeah, no, for (laughs) sure. But I remember, well, I mean, wouldn't you want. Dennis Quaid to oh, be your dad. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But big Dennis Quaid fan. Over I, oh gosh, I was so uncomfortable by that. I was just like, I didn't realize that you guys ever had a romantic relationship. Yeah. And I'm very oh confused I mean, by I it. I literally have never seen my parents kiss. So if I had mm. had to, I think I would have just like ran screaming. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think I can recall any kind of physical interaction between the two. No. No. It was, yeah, I mean. The fact that they went on a date and, like, she just, like, blindsided me with that. So it's funny that our our high school trauma is is not our parents not being together. (laughs) It's the aspect that they may have decided to get back together. Oh, gosh. Oh, it was so awful. And it stuck with me all day. I was just like. Oh, she dropped me off at school. All year. Like, I'm still (laughs) carrying this around. I'm just like, wow, what if? Oh, gosh. Oh, it gives you the heebie-jeebies. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I'm still so blown away. We are at over 30,000 listens for this podcast, which is really, really exciting. So thank you guys for supporting it. And thank you for listening to me talk about my um, problems. And if you have any ideas for episodes or things that you want to see, friends of mine you want to see on the show, special guests, please be sure to let me know all my social media is in the description for the podcast. And thank you guys so much for listening to Too Much to Say. I'm Kaylee Shore. See you next week. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. 
Exclusions apply. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.